So we are in the process of re- sort of looking into our four dreams. And one of the big things that I want to keep communicating uh, is that any church is just the, the sum total of all the individuals who are part of that church. And so if we are part of hope, we may think that our four dreams are wonderful, which is to be a church that children love, to be a prayer center for the city, to be a family for those on the margins of society, and to be at the heart of our community. We may think those four dreams are wonderful, but if we're called to hope, then we're actually called to personally become those four dreams. We are personally called to embody those four dreams as individuals. So if I'm called to hope, which I believe I am, I'm, I'm meant to be a prayer center for the city. I'm meant to be someone that children love. I'm meant to create family for those on the margins of society. I am meant to be at the heart of my community. In whatever way God shapes and calls, and it looks different for each of us, but we are each called to embody the four dreams. So as we spend time exploring the four dreams, we've spent a couple of weeks looking at what it, you know, exploring being a prayer center for the city. Today, we're going to spend a bit of time looking at being a family for those on the margins and being at the heart of our community. Now, when it comes to teaching about culture and, and vision, it's tempting to, to just try and preach it or teach it. It's way more effective to point to it, to, to see people who are embodying the dreams and living it out. So today, I'm going to be talking with Sam and Dylan. I just thought, why not just get them doing everything today? I just thought it'd be, you know, then, then there's, no, there's no issue with the diary. You're here this Sunday, today's the day. But I'm going to be interviewing them about um, their dream and uh, what they're doing at the minute and what is what God has in store for them in the future. And as we talk, what I want you to be listening out for is how God is speaking through their experience. Because we're not all called to do what they, they do. We're not called to the things they're called to. But we do have specific things that God has designed us for. And their journey will speak into our journey. How God has helped and encouraged them will also speak to us. So keep listening for God getting your attention as well as being encouraged by their story. So do you want to come and, come and sit on our, our really, really high-end stools? Well, yeah, we're just lacking a coffee table. Yeah. All right, that's your microphone. That one. Do you want to just check it's working? Yeah, yeah, big hard tug. Two, two. Two. One, two. Oh, you must be professional. If you skip one when you do a sound check, you're a professional. All right, all right. Yeah, amateurs just go one, one. <laughs> anyway, I'm enjoying that joke. And I will do for a while, probably. All right, so here we go. So guys, why don't you, why don't you, well, we don't need you to introduce yourself because that'd be what the third time today, but, but what you could do is just introduce your dream. What, what is it that God, God has designed you for? What are you going after? Um, I'd say how we'd articulate it now is that our dream is to create affordable, carbon neutral slash negative homes to house um, a community that's focused on living sustainably together, but also um, supporting young people leaving care um, to transition into independent living. Nice. So, um, when somebody asks me what what my you know what's my dream, what's the thing God has you know designed me for, I uh, it's not quite as refined as your answer there. You know, I'm sort of 
bit vague. How did you get to the, how did God get you to the point where you're able, you know, someone says to you, so, so what's the purpose of your life? And you go, well, I know exactly what it is, here it is, and how we're doing it. How did you get to that point? How did God get you to here with this clarity? Okay. Um, so it's, but yeah, that has evolved. And I think the clarity of it has come through, um, yeah, kind of seeing what it's not um, and what it is for us together. I think it started for me, so I first came to Hope uh, about literally, I think about 15 years ago now, originally, um, and then have moved various places, but have, have kept coming back and, and, and was really originally drawn here by original design, my auntie brought brought me here when I was in my early twenties, and was like, "I think I think this would be really good for you." So, the relational community thing has been spoken into me for years, um, and I think it was the having been really engaged in all the things that are happening in the world, whether it's climate, whether it's mental health crisis, loneliness. And now understanding a bit more about the housing crisis, I think it was the the kind of click that actually all of this can be addressed in how we live together and that we can be campaigning in all these different ways, but actually it's how we embody that, how we live every day together that can be the most powerful thing and that can shift culture. So from that kind of... ah. Uh, moment I intentionally then chose to put myself in community um, I moved in with a, a couple friend um, and their family and uh, another girl uh, instead of moving into a flat share and this was about I can't remember how many years ago now but um, yeah the person that we moved in with was particularly vulnerable at that time had experienced um abuse in childhood and Anne was going through a yeah a really tough time um, and I suppose we gathered around and became family and walked a healing journey with that person and in turn walked our own healing journeys in a very kind of messy what are we doing um, way but I suppose learnt how in community we can almost rewire some of our some of our the things that have been broken um, in real genuine christ center community it's genuinely trans transformative and how that can be um, resistance to individualism and the way you know we do money the way we do um, food the way we do everything on our own for ourselves um and then in my professional life, obviously a musician, but was also working with um, young women who had had babies in school age, so working at a school for young mums and at Bristol Hospital Education, so um, young people that were outside of mainstream due to mental health challenges. And I suppose just realising that professional relationships are amazing. So, you know, teachers and social workers and everything are so key, but also professional relationships only go so far what people need is family and a place of belonging and 
yeah, all of those small interactions which, which create home. So I suppose the kind of bringing young people into it, that's how it's kind of refined for me. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll start a bit further back as well for me. Um, I grew up in a, in a fairly, well, fairly big family. I had three sisters. We lived in Backrow, so not far from here. Um, and I always have loved being around people and just being, like, I would go to sleep first, but I'd always have my door open so that I could still be in it. You know, I could still hear what was going on. I was, go- I was going to sleep. So I've just loved being around people always um, and, and wanted to, I've just kind of always known that I would want to live around people and not necessarily just my nuclear family, whatever that, whatever that would be, but um, more, more than that. And um, I lived for a while after university in a, in a Love Bristol community house in Bristol, um, on, in St. Paul's, um, and I lived there. There was 13 of us at one point, I think, and nine at other points. So it's a big house, and we'd share food. Um, and it, again, it, like... I loved living with people, with different people from different walks of life and just being around people all the time. But also I was like, man, we're living in like a really nice house with a massive kitchen and a garden in St. Paul's. This really makes a lot of sense. And we pay barely anything for food because we do it all together. So I was like, my, some of my friends are living in, you know, flats with one or two and they're paying like double the price as me. And I've got a big kitchen and a big garden. I was like, this really just makes sense to be living with people. Um, and, and I love it. Um, and I'm just going to look at this page to remember what I was going to say next. <laughs> yes. So, and actually kind of through through those kind of circles, um, partly through music, partly through a farm that we used to work for, me and Sam met and, and kind of from the outset, we, we always knew that we would want to be living differently. And that, and that, those picture of the trees that Sam mentioned earlier on has always come up loads. Um, about sheltering and creating that space for people. And we love um, putting on events. Um, we love having people around all the time. Um, and sorry, sorry, Sammy. And that, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, am I going to that point? Sweet, yeah, perfect. So in, in all of those conversations, you know, uh, 2020 lockdown happened, obviously, that thing. And then um, occasionally I just nip on right move. Um, just have a look, see if there's any land about, just because I've always thought that would be cool. And I saw this plot of land in Backwell, and um, and we looked at it, and we were like, wow, look, what, what could we do here? And and just finding that, even though it was way out of anything that we could have afforded or our capabilities at that time, we started to have loads of conversations. We were like, well, right, we could do this, we could do that. And and basically, our, our vision uh, started to form and, and alongside, Sam's been working with young people professionally. I've, I have as well. I've worked a lot with um, young carers, so people who have care and responsibility at home. I do a lot of, I've done a lot of music workshops with um, young carers over the years. And, and so we both have this real kind of, basically we just like hanging out with young people because they're, they're often good fun, more fun than our friends a lot of the time. <laughs> so um, no offense to friends who are in the room. Um, you're all friends in the room, but you know. Um, and, and so we just, we just loved that. We loved being around people, but especially we were, we were like, how can we, how can we make this possible? We feel like also we, with that kind of hosting, that, that sheltering and supporting, we were like, we need to kind of refine that. What would that look like officially? How could that work? And, and I can't even remember how the care leavers thing came up, but, oh yes, no, I do. No, you go. <laughs> no. 
so that there's um there's a there's a program called branched out which the council run and various authorities um and it's basically supported lodging so there's you might kind of rent out a room in your house and you become a supported a supportive landlord so you mentor in maybe cooking budgeting diy and you basically help that young person move from um their placement in care to independent living and we felt that was a really safe um contained supported um and also like financially it, it could work way to live in community with young people but also do it in a really responsible way that's that's really inclusive so it was just that was that was what the council offered and we thought if we could have if we could build something that was big enough to have two or three extra rooms that that could work sustainably for us What was the initial question? Have we finished that one? No, you're doing very well. I'll just press play. Um, well, look, I think, I think it'd be easy to think that, that in, in putting Dylan and Sam here and listening to them, that I want you to think about how you live. That's not what I want you to do. Okay? I'm not saying we need to live like them. What I'm saying is these guys have been on a journey where God has unveiled in them a unique, specific thing that they are pursuing that happens to be around housing and care leaders. So I want you to take the filter off of like, oh, you know, here's another one of like, I shouldn't live by myself in my own house. Uh, that's not the point. Okay, that's not the point. Not the point. The point is, God has got their attention and they're pursuing it. So how is God getting your attention and how are you pursuing it? Okay, don't think this is about housing. It's only housing because it's them. Does that make sense? So please make sure the filter's right on this. And um, so that was something I just wanted to say. Now, th- these guys currently, let me just get my notes up, Dylan, because we're cut from the same cloth. Yeah, what I'd love to hear from you guys is just one moment, one encounter with God that really refined your focus on that process, if you've got one. Just, just a moment where God grabbed your attention. be honest I think it was what I said earlier that um, I'm so big picture and I'm so concerned with justice and using my energy to address all these separate issues and I felt like God just gathered it inside of me and was like no it's you can be powerful in what you do and what you choose rather than feeling um paralyzed by all of the all of the things um and I felt so empowered then that actually the the choices that we can make and the the paths that we can choose to have faith that they trust God with them so that of course I want I want to change I, I I am devastated by what I see in the world sometimes but there can be a positive um, outworking that just in my choices and I don't have to be totally paralyzed and devastated. Um, and I think that realization cha- changed my perception of 
my power and, and our power and our potential as the body of Christ, I think. Yeah, I think for me, I'm, I'm not, I'm quite a slow processor and I'm not, I don't, I, I don't often hear, I feel like I hear the direct voice of God in, in a kind of really tangible way, but I think he often speaks to me through, through logic in a weird way. And, and that's what I was saying earlier on about my love Bristol house. I was like, suddenly I was, and not suddenly, but I, after a while I'd realized like, this makes sense, you know. Oh, I like living alongside people. That makes sense, you know. It, it's not. It's almost not like it's. Um, it's like an external. It's not like an external thing that's put in. It's quite, it's kind of just a revealing of like, oh yeah, that that was in, that was in there all along. And when you and when you get to the point, you're like, oh yeah, I always thought that. That's why I say like like like, I don't really know when we first said yeah we're going to live in community alongside young people, but when it when it when you become aware of that, it's like, oh yeah, it's always been there. That's that's always been there. It's just kind of um, letting, I guess, being 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 open to recognizing things and acknowledging acknowledging things that are within you and being like, yeah, that, that is real. That makes sense. And also, like taking the nudges seriously, yeah. like taking the words seriously. And then acting on them, I think, then reveals more and more and more. Um, yeah. So, no, I love that. So I'm hearing that your experiences individually have really been a way that God has spoken to you. Your gifts have led you in a, the stuff you've done with your gifts in terms of work. And there was a third one there. Your experience and your gifts and your passions. So those are all, those kind of things have been refined and refined. But I love that description of it. It's like an uncovering. It's kind of like when, when you get it, it's always been there. And it's about following the nudges. Because I think it is, it's very easy to have a sense of what God has put within us, but to never take a step. And so it never develops. And so we have, I don't know, has anyone read, um, The Alchemist by, by, uh, Paolo Cucini, woohoo, yeah, is it, Sam, did you, is it, is it, I didn't write it, you know, it's a good book though. Um, my favourite bit of The Alchemist actually is the, is the, uh, author's intro, where he talks about the, the way that hum, humans self-sabotage their own dreams so much, and one of the ways they self-sabotage is they know their dream, but they never take a step in fulfilling it, because it's, uh, it's exciting to have a dream, but there's no risk of failure when it's just a dream. Yeah, and so I think that idea of take the nudges seriously and actually take a step, get moving, try something, and it develops as it goes. Um, so I think that that could be an important important note. So so currently, um, you guys live in a you might have to correct my language here, but a kind of council run pilot housing scheme where you are living in one of twelve flats, eleven flats. Oh yeah, you're number eleven, and you're on the end. Uh, one of eleven flats where there are. Um, well, it's soon going to be 10 flats with care leavers in or, or young people who, who not just care. Why don't you tell me what you're doing at the minute? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I say how we ended up there. Yeah. I, I was going to, I've say I'm saving a little nugget for later on, but, um, we, uh, basically through all of our conversations about our long-term vision, which has been crystallized in that sentence that Sam said at the beginning, um, we ended up having some some conversations with uh, and and then eventually being 
uh, invited to apply to live at um, this place called Hope Brise in St. George. Um, and so we did. And because it was a, it felt like two things. It felt like a chance to actually live our dream right now. You know, just like God was kind of like, oh, you want to do that? Here you go. There's a, here's a, here's a project living alongside young people, um, in community. And we were like, oh, sweet. That's great. And also, uh, as well as being an opportunity to do it right now, it felt like a, 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 a stepping stone. But I don't, I don't like to say stepping stone because I don't, I don't want it to kind of demean it. Do you know what I mean? It's got power in itself, but also it's a kind of stepping stone for us in our in our long-term plan as well, uh, for where we, you know, invest our own kind of, at the moment, we, we are renting from the council. So anyway, Hope Prize is an amazing project. Um, it's a collaboration between Bristol Housing Festival, big up Bristol Housing Festival, Jez. Um, <laughs> Bristol City Council and uh, the YMCA were initially involved as well, um, and we live on stilts above a car park, so there's this people called Z-Pods who have built... People might know this, so I'm sorry if you do. You can have a little snooze. But they, the Z-Pods um, build flats above things like car parks. So it's kind of dead dead space. There isn't anything there at the moment. But the council already owned the car park. So if, if Z-Pods put the stilts up, then they've got amazing kind of free land and the chance to build some really high-spec homes um, uh, using modern methods of construction. So it's, it's super insulated. There's super you know, super high tech, got all the, all the mod cons and it's amazing that the council have invested so much money to build, um, these zero carbon houses in such an, such an innovative way. Um, and so we live there as community builders is our role. So, uh, we were recruited by the YMCA. Um, it's not a job as such. It's a, yeah, yeah, I'm getting to there. So, um, so we, we live at one end, um, and then in the, we're in a two bed, flat at one end and in between us and the other end there are nine one bed flats for young people who have experienced housing crisis in various forms um, and they all applied some through the YMCA some just through the uh, home choice which is Bristol's kind of social housing list um, and the plan the plan was not to just give nice houses to people but to actually intentionally create a community of some fashion and and as Andrew said it's a it's a pilot so there's been lots of learning um, and lots of chance to uh, see how things could be done and how things won't, don't work. And was kind of we went in and we were like, oh, yeah, we're going to have dinner every week and everyone's going to come and it's going to be, you know, like this. You know, it's, <laughs> that's, that's, that was a lovely idea, but probably naive. And so we quickly had to kind of learn what is, what is the way to do this. And, and the way to do it is just to build relationships. And that's, that's nice because they're great people and we like to spend time with them. So, so we started shifting our angle from events and putting in events, even though right at the beginning it was lockdown, so we couldn't do events anyway, but we were trying to sort of do, we did a quiz where people had to turn their porch lights on if they thought it was option A and turn their porch lights off if they thought it was option B. We did bowling on the, on the, on the walkway with water bottles. Um, so we tried to be creative, and then we had some really fun times in the uh, badminton in the in the car park. Um, so we we had some kind of creative ideas, and they were really fun actually, and 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 that was good times. But yeah, we just wanted to build relationships really, and that and and then out of that things have happened, um, and th- things happen more organically, um, and there's you get much more buy-in that way, um, which is really cool. And there's been times, you know. 
watching the Euros all around our house on the big screen, um, having Christmas party, car- plenty of karaoke, uh, bonfire night. Yeah, Barbie Girl with Grease Medley. That was a good one, wasn't it? Um, and so, yeah, so it's been, it's been amazing, but there's been so much learning as well. And we've had, there's been a lot of learning in the structures and the management structures of how it's overseen because it's so innovative. It's a new thing. You know, it's amazing that it's been done. And, and thankfully there was a report again put together by Bristol Housing Festival that has been released the last couple of weeks to say that it's going to be rolled out more, which is awesome because, you know, it's a, it's an, it's an amazing thing. Um, but living there, there's also been a lot of learning and there's been a lot of, a lot of difficulties. Um, and actually we've been there almost 20 months. Yeah. So two years in September and, um, it is September. December, sorry. All oh, right, you're right. Thanks. Um, did you say? Did you say September? No, I said. Oh. I said September, and you were. You were oh, right. Right. Thanks. Cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, so yeah. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gold star for Andrew. Yeah, um, and oh, I've lost my train of thought, man. Now, um, so were you going to ask a question? You just sorry. Up your mic. No, you go for I it. did pick up the mic. That's a good time to um, what, well, what I was gonna, I was gonna say that part of the reason that we wanted Sam Dillon to, to be here was because I've recognized that we, that they've been a bit isolated in what they're doing. And we kind of wanted, I wanted to formally launch them as a boat today, which is, um, on, on our banner here. Boats are where people, members of the church, and they've been members for at least 40 minutes. Members of the church feel called to a specific ministry and mission. And they're out there in the city seeking to, um, you know, see, see, the, see the kingdom of God established in a particular way, in a particular place with a particular group of people. And so we want to say, actually, we, we recognize these guys are a boat. And uh, we want to support them. And one of the ways that you can support them is... Uh, by praying for them. So if you particularly want to pray for what they're doing right now at Hope Rise, please will you let them know. There's a bit of a uh, WhatsApp group. Sorry, darling. Uh, and you can be added to that and then you will, yeah, they will let you know how you can be praying for them, okay? So please be intentional. If you want to be praying for them, come and speak to them afterwards. Can I just say one thing really quickly on that? Fine. Is that all right? Yes. Um, yeah, that would be amazing. We, we had, um, we had a sort of, oh, I'm just saying a bit. Um, we had a, we had a, a quite intense couple of days a couple of months ago and actually, um, to be able to share that with people on our WhatsApp group, WhatsApp group, we didn't, we didn't necessarily need them to do anything, but, um, they, that really helped. So thank you to those who are on the WhatsApp group. If you'd like to join, Go for it if you haven't got the time and you're fed up of WhatsApp groups. No worries. So uh, we, we get, we're getting nearly to time, but I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to kind of present the well. So the well is the long-term dream that they're actually pursuing. So could you, I mean, you've got some slides as well. Could you present it in sort of three to four minutes? So as Dylan was saying, like, it's been an amazing opportunity to be in the middle of this project and understanding how it's been put together, whether that's with the council, Bristol Housing Festival, YMCA, ZPODs, UE, all of these amazing organisations, and but also with the young people actually experiencing what it is to live in in these houses, in community. So 
we feel really privileged that actually we've been able to harness some of that learning. And we have um, been supported by an organisation called Community Led Homes West, who help develop community led homes, um, which is a brilliant model. But often you uh, you might kind of seen them down in the yard in St Werberg's. They've done lots of self builds, and there's a few there's a few sites um, around the city. But often it's people that have the knowledge about how to do that, the time, um, and a certain level of privilege already and do that with people that are quite similar to them. Whereas Hope Rise is amazing because it's so diverse. There are people from every single background as diversity in so many ways and it's affordable. However, with community-led homes, um, this infrastructure on how we do community together, what are our boundaries, what are our processes, how are we going to invest in the actual infrastructure of community from the word go. So we're not just kind of chucking people in and saying, go on, doing community. Like there's so many things to think about. There's an architecture of of its own about how we create those foundations. So the well, we'd love to be a sweet spot in between those where we are investing in all of the processes that need to happen to build a successful community, but we're making it accessible and affordable to people from various different backgrounds, i.e. young care leavers. So we've developed, should we go to the next one? So our idea is that we'd have three, at least three family homes with adjoining bedsits, so self-contained flats that are um, kind of livable in themselves but not too much because they'd be attached to a family home so that young people could have a sense of being a part of a family but also having their own space so that they can practice being independent but have a place of belonging um, and then you know once moved out come back for Christmas or come be part of that community on a long-term basis um, we are lucky in the way of we've really connected and have kind of lifelong friends called Lou and Joel um, who are our co-founders in this so they would have one of the three bed houses we would have one and then there'd be another three bed house also with um, some one bed flats for older people older people are also on BAM 1, which means they're most in need of housing, and also the council are really keen to free up larger houses that old people tend to be in so that other people can then access the family houses. So that way kind of makes our business model work, but also creates an intergenerational community. So older people have lots of time and energy to give to younger people, and it's a way of kind of sharing emotional and time resources as well as just kind of monetary resources and then there's a community space and then bothies little kind of airbnb kind of pretty bodies for people to come and stay in that would fund um the pastoral support that would sit over everyone so that each you know everyone feels the young people feel they have their voice heard that someone that is external and neutral to kind of help with conflict and also those bodies could be used for emergency accommodation um and kind of anything they flexible spaces so at the moment we are just about to go into a process of land appraisals so talking to local councils whether that's that's bristol baines and north somerset 
um, churches and then potentially private individuals to assess like where there is land that could be made available for this. So um, it's pretty well thought through, if you ask me. They sent me their business plan and I thought, oh, like, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, wow, you know, here we are on page 45 with like a real appendix with some serious study they've done. So I've been very impressed with that. Can you just explain the name, the well? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, there's kind of there's kind of two things. Uh, in Australia, um, we've heard that farmers don't build fences; they just put wells in because there's so much land that uh, the animals are kept in because they're drawn to the well. That's where they they always come back. They don't they don't. It's not like keeping them in, keeping them from going miles away. They want to stay connected to the well. So that's how there's this sort of central point of, of life and, and resource that they can kind of come back to always. And there's also the, um, I should know the chapter, John chapter something, where um, Jesus meets the woman at the well, and she is so known by him. And so we really want to make people feel known um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So she's in that place where Jesus meets her and knows her. She goes out from there and does amazing things in her community as well and, and spreads life and joy. So yeah, that's the, that's the name. Yeah, and, and really, I mean, that, that's who you are, isn't it? That's, that you guys are wells where people want to keep coming back and the, and the young people you work with just keep wanting to come back because of the, the life and encouragement you bring. So, so what I want to do before we close is give an opportunity for Sam Dillon to pray for us, to pray that we would hear God's voice for our lives, to understand the dreams and the purposes that he is calling us into. It may be things we're already actively engaged in. It may be things that are yet to be discovered. But what we want to do is come under their journey, their experience, and their anointing and say, hey, pray for us, because as you have been led by God into discovering this really specific, unique, thought-through, practical, impacting dream, we want to come under that and, and be led by God on journeys of our own. So they're going to pray for us, and then I'm going to pray for them. And if you want to support them in prayer, please do. Uh, they also need some, uh, they, they said don't mention this, but I said I'm going to mention it anyway, but they need some upfront funding to get them to a They've got land because the investors who are interested in helping them build the well only really want to invest when the land's been identified. So I put a figure of 10 grand on there. said it doesn't have to be 10 grand, but why not? So if you've got 10,000 pounds and you'd like to give it to them, um, that would also be mildly helpful. So um, anyway, but the main thing is to pray for them as well they are. So Sam and Dylan, would you pray for us? Specifically, um, well, you, you know what to pray for. Please pray for us prayer i'm just going to say one thing um that i'm going to encourage us in which is about talking and sharing our dream and sharing our vision we shared it with chris and alice ages ago they put us in touch with ben and joe watson who'd done loads of planning stuff uh ben put us in touch with a counselor in north somerset the counselor in north somerset put us in touch with community-led homes west community-led homes helped us made up make our business plan helped just they've given us funding so it's 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 that process that god led us on but it came about by talking so and we had conversations with jez and joe two years ago beginning of beginning new year's eve two years ago about community what is that going to look like and 
these guys mentioned Hope Rise then as a kind of, this is probably going to happen. We didn't know we were going to move in. You did, you know, and, and we've been journeying and talking about these things for years, years and years, 10 years actually. Um, yeah, so talking about it, yeah. So let, let's pray that then. <laughs> Father God, thank you that you plant things in us. That, um, that thing that we were talking about in Ephesians recently that you plan in advance for us to do. Um, thank you that each of us has something that it looks very different in each of us. Um, and I just want to encourage us today um, to to go with the nudge and to talk about the nudge to people. Thank you that you then stoke that and you lead us. Um, and you lay out the steps one at a time. But the, we'd take that step of faith to, to share those dreams because sometimes they can seem absolutely ridiculous to ourselves and maybe to the people around us who don't understand. But we can share it with people who do understand, who have a, who have a belief in a, in a God that, um, and a faith in a God that can, can bring things about, can make things happen. Um, so we just pray for courage for everyone. I just pray for courage for everyone in here to, to take that step of faith to, to share a dream, to share, it doesn't have to be a big fancy dream, it can be whatever it is, but to share it with someone. And thank you that as we share in this, in this kind of safe community, in this loving community, that things can, that you can lead us. You can lead us on the next steps. So I just bless that in everybody here today, everybody with a, with a seed that just needs that little bit of first bit of water. Um, thank you that once we take the first step, you kind of line everything else up for us. I just bless that in everybody here today. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I just pray for our relationships. I think one thing is that let's have relationships now that can hold our dreams for the future. Let's build our collaborations and our, and our relationships now. Let's live, um, in that way now. Let's share radically. Let's share vulnerably. Let's deal with conflict like now. Let's open ourselves, um, to build the networks, build the fabric, build the building box, form those um, strong, stable bricks so that, Lord, when you do give us that dream and, and you do bring it into fruition, that we are ready, that we have the networks, the web, um, the skills, the the emotional ability, the everything ready. Let's, um, let's do that now and let's use our church family. Let's, let's be that together. Let's be building that capacity right now in the way that we live together. In Jesus' name, amen. Should we, um, should we stand and pray for Sam Dylan quickly? I'll lead us and then we'll finish. <clears throat> you don't have to, you can stay sitting, that's fine. So. Father, thank you for Sam and Dylan. Thank you for the way that you have led them. Thank you for the fact that they are wells, that they are places full of refreshing water where, where we come and we can, we can drink of the life of the Holy Spirit that's poured into them. Father, thank you for the dreams you put in their heart. Thank you for the way that they are specific in the people they want to work with and bless. 
Lord, we pray protection over them as their church family in Hope Rise. We pray for amazing, uh, continued amazing relationships with the young people they live alongside. We pray for opportunities to bless, equip and train those young people. We pray for deep and lasting friendships with those young people. We pray for the well. We pray that there would be, uh, you would continue to give them the, the right doors that are open, the right people to speak to. But above all, as your church family, we look at you, we say we believe in you. We believe in your dream. We believe it is of God. We believe that God is with you. We believe that God is for you. And we stand shoulder to shoulder in, in walking with you to see this fulfilled. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Right, let's, let's say well done to them. Yeah, let's give them a clap. So if you, if you want to be people who are, are supporting these guys at Hope Rise, then please let them know and they'll add you to a WhatsApp group. Please go and get your children if you have them. And uh, no rush to leave, but just make sure you've got your kids so the kids' teams are released. And we'll see you soon. Give us a hand tidying up as well as you can. That'd be great.